0: From AccuWeather, this is Everything Under the Sun, real news and real stories covering topics from the worlds of science, sports and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore.
1: Welcome into this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Delayed a little bit because I was on vacation up in the Green Mountains of Vermont, where I had a great time. But I also was very cognizant of the bug situation. You see, I've been dealing with a bug bite that happened a few weeks ago and it's really kind of affected my life and i thought that maybe it was time to get you involved in knowing what to expect over this next uh, several months in terms of bugs and spiders and wasps and hornets it's that time of the year bug bites bug stings big problems we'll talk about that as you sit back and relax friends it's time to talk about everything under the sun from accuweather.com Friends, about a month ago, I was out and about playing disc golf, came home, thought I did my due diligence in terms of checking for ticks and other insects. Uh, Went to bed, got up the next morning, and something had obviously bitten me. Didn't look like the signs or telltale signs of a tick bite, but uh, we surmised that it was maybe a spider, and that's what we went with. And I really had some effects of it that were not great I'm swelling and tiredness and nausea and that went into a cellulitis so I've been on an antibiotic for a couple of weeks Look, I can't prevent everybody's problems, but I certainly can point you out to we're in a time where you need to be more diligent than ever to keep you uh, safe from these uh, insects and bugs. You know, some of them are just trying to protect the real estate. Others are not real happy that you maybe you're in, uh, impacting their real estate as well. We've always turned to our friends at PestWorld.org. The official website is uh, of the National Pest Management Association, NPMA. does great things providing business, education, resource tools, and essentials for success by pest management professionals. And in their 75-year history, they've given all kinds of great information. And one of those uh, information givers is one of our dear friends now on this show his name is dr jim fredericks he is a board certified entomologist and senior vice president of public affairs at mpma and jim always has great insight on bugs and pests and everything else in between he joins us now on everything under the sun from accuweather.com jim it's good to have you in again Uh, one of our favorite guests here on everything under the sun 'Cause we like to bug you. I'm sorry, I needed to do that. That was uh that was my bad bug joke for the morning. So I
0: love a good pun, Dean. Thanks, <laughs> I thanks for
1: that. <laughs> I don't know if you'll find them here. I wanted to talk to you, Dr. Fredericks, because I've been dealing with a bite situation we're, we're not exactly sure what it was but i've been dealing with it for a couple of weeks i've had to do a course of antibiotics uh it was so bad there for a few days it developed into a cellulitis situation which if you don't know what that is is that the areas that get inflamed because of the, the whatever toxin or poison or whatever you've been bitten just gets an infection in those cells near the skin and then that causes the redness it's been kind of going back and forth at times which uh, i found out is normal maybe uh you know, this is one of those times where I would tell everybody when the doctor tells you to do the full course of the antibiotic, do the full course of the antibiotic, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had to go on one that was strong enough that it was, you know, messing with my intestinal situation. And so that's all not good, especially when we're all dealing with smoke and haze and heat and pollution and everything else. Now it's the bugs and the bites and the stings. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Um, We were just kind of talking before we started the actual interview. I thought you made a very good point that we have to understand there are bites and there are stings and what their differences are and how they manifest. And really, it kind of speaks to how this occurs and maybe what's occurring uh, in terms of either is it defense? Defense is usually a sting where if they're on the offense to eat, that's a bite. So talk to me about all that stuff.
0: Yeah, happy to do that. That you know, it's it's interesting. Oftentimes, we often do conflate the two uh, the two things. You know, stings and bites. You know, I got bit by a bee. Well, you're not going to get bit by a bee you know, or or a wasp. Or <laughs> yeah, a bee hornet. doesn't They're want
1: to st- be these. Bee doesn't want your blood to. No, uh, be exactly. Coming, that
0: right? that's a sting. So you have your biters. You know, as we go into the summer, right? You're spending more time outside. You're getting exposed to these things. You're doing some traveling, and so we're oftentimes and we've talked about this before, Dean you know you're thinking about protecting yourself from ticks and mosquitoes um and you're going to be using repellent and you're using that repellent because the biting insects the or I should say the, the biting pests like ticks mosquitoes and even bed bugs you, you know are looking for food they're actually looking to drink your blood but the stinging insects which are just as prevalent and as the summer goes on they're just going to those colonies are just going to get larger and more aggressive the stinging insects like yellow jackets um, number of different kinds of hornets, the wasps, those are all sting in defense. And so repellent is not going to help you there. Um, and in those cases, you're going to need to be uh, focused on kind of uh, altering the environment and honestly, just being vigilant about, um, you know, avoiding these situations where you might encounter sting.
1: Yeah, I think uh, awareness and, you know, Keeping your wits about you, especially when you're out in the in the wild. I think uh, a lot of this too goes to, and we talked about this. The last visit you had was the early emergence, especially up in the Northeast and Great Lakes, where we had a much warmer than normal winter, and things were out early. I mean, I couldn't believe, uh, you know, we had that little fake summer there in April. Remember mm-hmm. that when uh, places hit ninety or whatever? And to me, the pollinators were out already. The you know the flowers are going, et cetera, et cetera. So this early emergence, I think, has gotten maybe people a little bit surprised because it's out of their kind of mindset of when they should be thinking about these things. And we've had to worry about some of these things a little earlier in the cycle.
0: Yeah, we're, we're seeing things. We're seeing them earlier. And what that does for these populations is it gives them a head start. Um, so, you know, many of these things, you know, when you think about. um the, uh, the, the bald-faced hornet's nest that might be in your backyard. Um, the, the hornets themselves will overwinter as mated females. So the entire colony dies when that cold hits. But mated females, the future queens, will be what overwinter. And they might be behind some bark or underneath a log or behind the siding of your house. And the earlier they can get a head start on building that colony, the larger it will be at the end of the summer. So as we get into, you know, prime stinging insect season in July, August and September, we're going to have really big, uh, big colonies. And the bigger they often uh, bigger they are, they're often more aggressive. Yeah, I've already
1: seen some evidence, Dr. Fredericks, of nests. And and yeah, this is early for me to see the 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 little clumps that uh, they're starting already. And then that's that's kind of scary because. That's the one thing in in the pest world that scares me the the yellow jackets and the wasp thing because I'm I, you know when I was young I had a couple of bad in, encounters uh, and I think everybody's like that and so can we prevent if we see a place where they're starting to build that is it good to get it off of there early if we can I mean or. Uh, or is there a point where once it's built and if it's in that enclosure and you might not want to mess with it and let a professional do it talk me through how to deal with once we see those nests of yellow jackets and wasps occurring
0: when it comes to stinging insects it's good to have a healthy respect for these insects it turns out stinging insects send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year um, because for some people it's just a painful sting For others, it can be life threatening, Mm. right? Uh, When the allergic reaction that you have, you or I might have a, you know, a swelling of our hand. Other folks may have uh, systemic reactions um, that can result in um, difficulty breathing and that sort of thing, which so it can be life threatening. The earlier you can deal with these things, the better. A smaller wasp hornet. Uh, yellow jacket nest is gonna be easier to control. We recommend that um, that when it comes to stinging insects, you call a professional because a professional is going to have uh, the training and equipment to deal with these things in the right way. So they'll be suited up in protective gear. Uh, they'll come out and be able to uh, remove those, uh, those stinging insects.
1: Then I think once uh, you think about that, then I think what we also should talk about is once sh-
0: if you do get stung, when do I go to the doctor and when don't I? People are going to react to different ways, right? And your reaction um, could change over time. So to some people, um, you know, even a simple mis- mosquito bite, right? Um, for most people, the re- the allergic reaction that they experience is a, a raised bump that's itchy. For other folks, they may not have much of a reaction at all, Uh, but for others, there might be a a more severe reaction. Um, We see it a lot with stinging insects that the body's reaction to the proteins in a stinging insects venom is what um, causes the the reaction. So if you are, um, you know, if you're experiencing, you know, swelling, if you're experiencing, you know, redness or something that's out of the ordinary pain difficulty breathing. These are all situations where you should definitely uh, seek medical attention as soon as possible. Now, I'm not a physician. I'm an entomologist, right? right, right. Um, but I think the good advice is that if if it seems out of the ordinary, and um, uh, and you definitely if you're having excessive swelling, fever, um, uh, shortness of breath, these are times when you're going to want to seek the attention of a of a of a medical professional. And realize
1: that that initial bite or sting and the toxins that they're in then can cause other implications and problems. Like, that's what happened with me. My bite went into a cellulitis situation, which then became the issue. It was the infection, not necessarily the result of the bite. And so that kept lingering and it had to be treated. So, yeah, I think these are, you know... I. I, I think uh, you just have to err on the side of caution. And, you know, if you're worrying about something, I think uh, peace of mind is always a a good thing, especially in this day and age when we have some of the other things to worry about. Um, I think sometimes in this situation, I know, like, I almost feel guilty. Like, I was like, was I stupid and didn't do something right? You know, I didn't protect myself. I mean, because, you know, as much as I play disc golf, I'm vigilant about making sure I check for ticks and check for that kind of stuff. But the honesty is, I mean, stuff can get into places that you don't know and they can get stuck to your clothes. Next thing you know, they get in your bed or whatever. And you may not have directly done the damage when you're doing the activity, but that spider bite or that uh, sting or whatever can come later on because that insect was attached to you and you didn't realize it or attached to your clothing.
0: It could it could very well be you're right and you know and there's a difference between um you know the allergic reaction that many people will have whether it's mild kind of a normal typical mild reaction or or a more uh dangerous allergic reaction and uh and then also the threat of of, of an infection of a secondary infection you know you scratch a mosquito bite or you scratch a bed bug bite um, and next thing you know, when you break that skin, that's the opportunity for a secondary infection to uh, to to get into that wound. And at that point, if it's a scratch, it's simply a wound. And so you have the chance of infection that you would have uh, for any other cut or sting. So it's good to wash with soap and water after a bite for sure. Uh, treat it like it's a puncture wound because that's what it is when it comes to a bite or a sting. It's it's, it's a puncture of the body.
1: There's also some good products out there that I know personally that you can use, uh... Uh, that actually add to it some things like uh, witch hazel and certain things like that that help treat not only clean it and make it better, but also help with the discomfort and the pain and the coolness, uh, cooling it down and those kinds of things. So there's some definitely good stuff out there. We're talking to our good friend, Dr. Jim Fredericks. He is chief entomologist for our friends at pestworld.org. This uh, website is a fount of knowledge for everything that you could ever want to learn. I'm enjoying uh, when I look at The website now, Jim, uh, you know, some of these like, um, I guess, modules about certain things where you can go and have like a kind of a a presentation on on some of this stuff. Uh, Great things like ticks. I know we talked about that last time Uh, and other things. Uh, So really good information there about what you might be seeing. And then also. The good information about how to get, as you said, a professional to deal with it in these situations where we need to,
0: for sure. And it's and and I appreciate you bringing that up because uh, we're really proud of that website, pestworld.org, because uh, we think it it just provides some some great information. If you're ser- if you're searching for you know in- information on just about any pest, whether it's cockroaches or it's rats or mice or it's bed termites, bugs. termites yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, this happens to be ter- um uh, bed bug awareness week. It is. So we've been talking a lot about uh, bed bugs, and uh, and we're not trying to sell you anything on PestWorld.org, but we will help you make that connection to find a pro when it's needed. And there are certain situations where it really is best to, to call a pro uh, to make sure you have someone who is uh, who is licensed, who is trained and prepared. Uh, To help you um, manage the pests in and around your home.
1: We're talking about this too before we started the formal interview is this bed bug situation and it being uh, this bed bug awareness situation. A lot of increased travel and I was telling you that I believe that my experiences in hotels, I'm dealing with a lot of situations where because of what we see across the service and hospitality world, lack of staffing. I personally believe that the The cleanliness of some of the hotels that I've been to in the last year or so isn't up to the standards that we may have had three, four years ago, five years ago before the pandemic. I'm hearing more and more people, you know, that was something before the pandemic we were hearing a lot about, the increase in bed bug infestations. I remember that being a huge story. And, of course, in our news cycle big stories can come and go. And so I think the pandemic obviously replaced that. But I'm hearing more and more people dealing with this, especially as we increase travel again. And this is something I think we need to think about How do I go to a hotel and when I look at a hotel, how do I suspect that there may be a bed bug infestation that maybe the other people haven't seen? Is there something that I can look at and tell quickly?
0: There are definitely some ways you can protect yourself. And and your observations are right. I mean, people are back to traveling. This is gonna be a really busy travel year. AAA uh, estimates that international travel is up 200% compared to last year. Um, And so the reason that... Bed bug activity is linked to travel activity, is because um, bed bugs are such great hitchhikers. Um, so they will hitch a ride on your luggage. Um, uh, they will hitch a ride in your personal belongings uh, from one place to another. So it's not just it's not just hotels. Hotels are certainly not to blame. It could be going to visit great aunt Myrtle. Um, you know, you go to visit her for the weekend. Uh, she might have bed bugs, and you bring them home in your in your luggage. Um, What you ought to do, whether you're staying in a hotel or an Airbnb or with a friend, is to kind of take a look at the room. And uh, there are some telltale signs of bed bug infestations. If you just pull back the fitted sheet on a mattress and take a look, especially around the seams or the buttons on a mattress, uh, you'll be looking for these kind of dark spots. These little spots are actually fecal spots. Um, and as a bed bug feeds on its liquid diet, your blood, um, it's going to pass some of that liquid through its body and, uh, and leave these little spots. You might see the cast skins of bed bugs in a heavier infestation. Um, essentially, what happens is a bed bug has an exoskeleton right? And as it grows, it needs to climb out of its old shell. It needs to shed its skin. It'll leave behind that old shell. And you might actually see that around wow. the hiding place. On, and I say a mattress. And it, pretty- kind of
1: like when you see the uh, the cicadas come out and then they leave their little shell as, they, as they emerge there. You see that,
0: but a lot smaller, right? <laughs> it's a lot smaller, yeah. um, but that's exactly what it is. A full-grown bed bug um, is about the size of uh, the, the tip of a pencil eraser right? If you could imagine that. Wow. So um, it's not tiny. They're certainly not microscopic, but um, they're not extremely large uh, insects either. Keep in mind, they don't fly. They don't jump. They crawl and they'll crawl out, uh, uh, take a blood meal, and then they'll typically crawl back to whatever crack or crevice they're hiding in. It could be around the seam of a mattress, but it might also be in the bed frame, might be in a headboard. It might be in furniture that's close by and it also doesn't have to be a bed if um people will often think hey you know maybe what you know i have a bed bug infestation i'll just go sleep on the couch you know for a month and starve them out well guess what bed bugs can are known to go up to 6 months between a meal wow. and so when you go back to that bedroom all you'll have is really hungry bed bugs
1: are you guys seeing uh, increased uh, from your end, and in, in terms of the numbers? Do you get numbers about uh, infestations and stuff, and reports like that? Are you seeing that increase that you were worried about, or or are we seeing evidence of that?
0: Yeah, we're seeing yeah. yeah. So um, bed bug calls are up. Um, uh, pest management professionals across the country are um, are fielding bed bug calls, and uh, and the good news is that we've we've now you know bed bugs have been back for um, almost, you know, well, for 20 years now, believe it or not, um, since the resurgence, we hadn't seen them, you know, they kind of faded out in the 70s. And then we didn't see them again until the turn of the century. Um, But, uh, but pest control pros have really gotten good at controlling bed bugs. And so um, it's not a do it yourself project. um, But if you call a pro, they're going to be able to help you and direct you uh, to a a management plan that is going to control those bed bugs for you.
1: Anything else we need to consider here as we get headlong into the heart of summer, Jim? Um, I mean, I think a lot of people, when they go places, they they know the insect situation where they live, but, you know, some people don't understand that, you know, there can be biting flies at the beaches and different kinds of insects and things when you go, uh, you know, maybe do a little research about what's going on in the place that you're going to go visit to see what kind of things that you might want to protect yourself for, or try to prevent uh, happening bad things.
0: That's great advice. You know what, wherever you are, if you're going to be spending time outdoors, you want to make sure you're wearing repellent because you want to protect yourself from ticks and mosquitoes. Um, it's a good idea as you travel to be on the lookout for, uh, you know, for bed bugs. Um, and, um, uh, but when it comes to and and then of course when you're when you're around you know outside at a picnic or at a park um, and you're thinking about stinging insects, uh, make sure you're covering food. Cover. Make sure you're at home. Your your garbage cans are. Are closed up. It turns out that the stinging insects in the beginning of the summer, they're going to be really interested in protein based foods because they're growing their colony, right? They're They're growing up baby uh, wasps and hornets. As the summer progresses and these colonies get real large, they're not um, laying as many eggs anymore, but they have to fuel the colony. So they're going to be focused on sweets and carbohydrates.
1: Carbohydrates. Interesting stuff. I always tell people make sure you watch your drinks. Like your cans, because oh. I had a neighbor who we were sitting there and he took a gulp of his soda and the next thing you know, he had a yellow jacket stinging him in his throat and it's not, wasn't a fun thing. So very careful on that, especially this time of year, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. I'd recommend that um, when it comes to drinks and cans, you pour that out into a into a plastic cup or something because it's real easy to miss a yellow jacket climbing into that uh, you know, can of soda. Um, And that is not a good situation. You know, there's one more that kind of one more pest that that folks, um, uh, you know, as they travel, especially into the southern parts of the U.S., they ought to be aware of. And that's fire ants. And I bring this up because not only do they sting, but they also bite. Their behavior is that they will bite onto your skin and then get a good hold and get some leverage, and then bring their abdomen around to give you a sting. So the bite it's doesn't it's hurt It's good so this wasn't
1: television, because uh, Dr. Fredericks just acted that out, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if we could have put that on TV. But yeah, yeah, I, I've, uh, I'm familiar with those darn things. I, I had a brother that spent a lot of time in Biloxi, Mississippi, and they were pretty bad there, and then... They're not so fun in Puerto Rico either, where uh, Joel and his family live. So, um, yeah, that's not good. So so they're one of the few that do both. They'll bite and sting you. At they the do same both. Time. The,
0: the sting is what you need to be aware of because yeah. it's a venomous sting. It's painful. It has a fiery burning sensation, and they can, they're aggressive. And so if you happen to walk through an area where there's some nests, um, they will attack um, in force. And with multiple venomous stings, it increases the chance of a severe allergic reaction. So, uh, when you're in the South, you want to be aware of uh, kind of strolling through the strolling through the grass in your bare feet. You want to be on the lookout for for any of these kind of uh, sandy or or dirt mounds that you might see, um, and that's going to be a sign that that could very well be fire ants.
1: Dr. Jim Fredericks, we're glad that you're helping us be on the lookout for all these issues. Thanks so much for being with us here. And uh, I think, uh, again, I think the best thing anybody can do is go to PestWorld.org to get information on all of these things and information on how to find someone to help you fight problems when you have them,
0: right? Appreciate the the chance to chat again, Dean. Again, friends,
1: PestWorld.org for all the information you need that uh, Jim talked about and everything else uh, under the sun about pests and how to find people to help you treat them or fix that situation that you have and certainly make your life better. PestWorld.org, and we'll uh, put that link in our notes section. Friends, coming up in the coming weeks, we'll continue to see where the weather meets your life, and we'll try to weatherproof your life as much as possible as we get us through summer. Coming up on vacation time, so our schedule may be a little more sporadic, but our aim is to drop this podcast weekly as we go through the middle of each week. For our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, and our hundreds of team members who work so hard every day to... Keep you informed and weatherproof your life with our AccuWeather.com apps, both on Android and Apple and our AccuWeather.com website, AccuWeather Now, our network, and everything else. Please make sure that you're weatherproofing your life every day with AccuWeather. For all of us, have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com.